second part of this week's Devil Detail podcast, I'm Rob Parkson and uh, we're here talking all things Salford and Devils, I'm joined by Paul Whiteside and Paul Parkin, we're going to look at all the big news coming out of Salford and Devils uh, this week. Okay, so let's start uh, with the good news, Dan Sargent signs a two-year deal, uh, Parker, England International, you know, fantastic for us this season, pity you missed the, the Challenge Cup with his with his Covid um, test, Um for me, it's a bit of a decision, really, where you play him next season. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it, it is a tough one. I mean, for me, he's a centre, an out-and-out centre, and a, a classy one that we, I think the game lost for a while. Uh, we went with centres who were, you know, six foot six and weighed 18 stone and just crashed through. And, it, it, you know, it took the skill out. I mean, real, real skillful player. Got a little, got a good little kick on him as well. and can certainly set up a winger. Um he did well at fullback. He did come up with a few errors, but then when he got the ball, I actually think bringing it out of defence, he was much better than Niall Evels. Now, Salford fans all around the world now will be swearing at me, and I know they will. But bringing that ball out, the little step he's got, he generally beats the first man, which Niall did that when he was attacking their try line, but not bringing the ball out in defence. He generally catches the ball and gets tackled. Mm. He'd rarely beat a first man. I mean, one of the best fullbacks I've ever seen was Steve Hampson. He was the same. Catch any ball, tackle anything. It never really broke a tackle, oddly enough. You know, but that was. But whereas when you work sides, he's much more threatening. But for me, he's a centre. And it, what what a player! He, he, when we signed him, we were all delighted. I mean, Dan Sargentson, brilliant. And he's proved us right. He's. I think he had one bad game this year, perhaps. That, that you know really stands out as a bit of a stinker. But other than that. He was brilliant all season. He was obviously one of, for me, one of the top three players we had. Uh, like you say, it was a shame COVID hit him when it did. Uh, would he have made a difference? I think he probably would. Um, you know, during them games, and obviously we missed uh, with suspension and, and such. But for me, what 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 a player! I, I'm still, you know, again, like like I said about Watkins, still amazed that he's he's one of ours. Great, great player. Um, but I think if it's Escaray who signed anyway for, for next season, I think that was confirmed a while ago, wasn't it? He, he's probably going to be a fullback. So we're we moving back into the centre, and that, that that just adds to that that back line, which I, I said earlier looks looks phenomenal, really. Yeah, so, X Factor um, player, uh, Paul. He, he, he plays well, you know. He's done some really good stuff for us. Very, very versatile, can play in different positions, and uh, the kind of player that has took us to, to where we are. Yeah, I think he's been great. I think he's been great, Dan Sarge. So we knew that when we was getting him. I was surprised when uh, when we signed him from Wigan because I think he's been a, been a good, really good player for them and a very solid player. And when he returns the ball, he, he sort of runs at full pelt every time. And, yeah. and like you said, it beats the first man. But I think it's the commitment from him. He, he has got the odd mistake in him. Um, he probably won't mind us saying that. But I think the way he plays the game, his wholeheartedness and the way he wears his hat on his sleeve and the aggression that he plays with. I think, you know, players like that are exciting to watch. And I, I like players like that. I've got a lot of time for people like that. So uh, so I, I'm glad he's, he's at Salford. And like Parky said, I think he's a centre. 
I think he's an out and out centre. And I think, you know, with him and Wellham last season, we had two cracking centres there. Obviously, we've lost Chris Wellham. But, you know, Callum Watkins as well. We've got another classy player there in the centre. So, you start them two in your centres next season. You've got some good three quarters there. You've got Ken Seo on one wing, Reese Williams on the other wing. Hopefully, that lad from Wigan's there as well. So, there's <laughs> a decent winger. So, yeah, so. We've, we've, we've got that, that back line it looks I've, I've seen people put it on Twitter the back line the proposed back line for next season I've looked at it you know when they put a list on or Facebook or whatever and I've looked at it and I thought bloody hell it's not a bad not a bad back line that you know that's as good as any team in Super League that or as good as so um, so yeah Dan Sanchez has been great for us though and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad he's, uh, he's he's penned the new deal could be serving Ian McKellen we could, we could sign him we'll be signing him maybe well even Wigan yeah um <laughs> Other people who are, people who are staying at Salford, um, Parker, uh, yeah. Marlon Billy, yeah, um, he's um, staying at the club as our player welfare and team manager. Uh, important role. Um, all the players like him, and and he he seems to be you know doing a great job at the club. Yeah, I think I think one of the key things is obviously Watto going and taking couple of members of the backroom staff we need continuity we need people to be familiar with each other know know the characters in the place and I know a lot of Marlon's job will be managing players day to day you know in how they are not as a rugby player as a person you know and he's obviously built up this this uh, this bond with a lot of players and obviously he'll have to do it again with the new guys but we, we do need you know we need to keep these people in place and he does seem to have done a really good job and like you said you talk to people he seems so popular around the club um, I didn't know until about halfway last season it was him. I remember Marlon obviously when he played at Swinton, you know, and uh, it was a character there. But I, I didn't think, I didn't realise it was him. I just, you know, saw this guy around the place, um, and then it got pointed out to me. Although with my eyes, that's not really surprising, is it? Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good that he's staying on. And again, you don't want this rotation every year, whether it be players or coaches or back, you know, or you know, I don't know the guy who can. As a program, whatever you don't want changes every year, and this is what happens at, at other clubs. You know, the, the bigger clubs they have a they'll replace people with people who are better, but they won't be this overall of people constantly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted he's staying. We do need th- th- these guys at the club, yeah. And with the obviously the COVID situation, um, Paul, you know, it's an important job, uh, obviously, keeping everyone sort of safe and, and happy and, and stress free. Yeah, I think, yeah, without the COVID situation, I think the player welfare is, a, is an important job at the club. We, we always say it, don't we? I've said it to you loads of times. The players are, have have lives outside rugby league, don't they? And they'll have mortgages to pay and, and, and wives and girlfriends and this, that and the other partners or whatever. And and they've got they've got the, the day-to-day life as well. So they'll have things that they'll be worrying about. And if, if they can bend Marlon's ear and get a bit of advice off him and, you know, a friendly guy to talk to, he's always got a massive wide smile on his face, hasn't he? If it's time I've seen him, really nice guy. And uh, like you said, he's very popular at the club. So uh, I'm glad he's staying. And Park has nailed it. Continuity. Continuity is a good thing. And Paul Rowley's staying as well. Marlon Billy's staying. You've got that, that continuity of people who've been there. And, you know, a bit of... You know, twelve months or so now, eighteen months, and uh, you know that that's how to build it now. And um, we we don't know whether Richard Mars going to bring anybody in. It doesn't doesn't look like it. Nothing's been said as it up to now. So the people that are there are going to be play an important part next season. Yeah, talk about people coming, people going. Uh, Chris Nanninu, uh undecided about his his future. He was selected in the Super League Dream Team for for twenty twenty. Uh, Parky, fantastic uh, performances from him. Great tries, great with the boot, uh, and well worth that uh, that wing spot. 
Yeah, a little bit surprised that he got into the dream team. I know he had a great end to the season, but he didn't get in the team until Kenny Seo got injured. Mm. So he came in halfway through the year. I don't know if that says a lot about standard of wingers in Super League or it was just that he was that eye catching at the end of the year. For me, I think great, great signing, depending on the money. I don't know what his wages are. I can't imagine he'd be very cheap, to be honest, but I'd, I'd certainly keep him if, if the option's there. Um, and it makes financial sense. But, he, you know, he's, what is he now? 33, 34, maybe. Uh, for an outside back, that's, you know, it's getting on a bit. I'd like to see him move perhaps to the back row. Um, you know, take part of the bench, that kind of thing. But um, following enough, I, I mentioned to Paul earlier on off, off air that um, I, if we could do it doing American football and bring him off kicking goals, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, um, unbelievable. Some of them kicks all the way through the pressure on him, and he landed them. You know, it, it, I'm not, I'm not going to knock the lad, and I hope he stays. But you know, if we have got some other outside backs coming in. Is, is there space? Is he going to get time? You know, is Ken Seo going to be our starting winger next year rather than Peter? I mean, we don't know. We, we, we don't know what Richard Marshall's going to say. He may he may fancy him, you know, or may see a different role for him. Um, well, fantastic to get a player in the dream team, by the way. It's, you know, he, we, we've done well in the last couple of years, but previous to that, you know, we one of our lads wouldn't be able to buy a spot in the dream team, would they? So, uh, it's uh, yeah, great great to see him there. And at the back end of the season, like you say, he had a big impact in what we did. He scored a few hat-tricks. He's, he, and again, his goal-kicking was was phenomenal. And, and and some of the tries he did score, getting in the corner, you know, taking... I think there was one against... I think it was Huddersfield, where he knocked... Was it McGilvray over? Who's, who's a big, powerful lad, let's be honest. And then two others as well. And stepping off his foot, you know, he, he had no balance. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have been able to score. Um, so, yeah, t- tough one. Tough call for the club, you know, with the money and so on. We don't know what his state of mind is. Does he want to stay with us? Has he got plans? A lot of rumours earlier in the year that he was signing for Lee and then other teams have now been linked. A very, very tough situation. But I suppose, it, it, you know, it's something that Richard Marshall has got to sit down with the board with or, or whoever and, and the player himself and see financially, you know, is, is it viable? Is there, is, there, is there going to be a regular spot for him? I suppose it's kind of different, really, because obviously Ian Watson leaves, Richard Marshall comes in. Is it's kind of a probably a different of opinion on on what they think, um, Paul, as as an asset and, a, and as an in, sort of important cog in the wheel. Um, f- f- for me, if if he if he, he does stay, then then that'll be fine. If he, if he doesn't, then it's, it's it's fine. Also, he's got to look after himself at, at thirty three. If he can get more money somewhere else uh, and finish his his career. Uh, in sunnier climates or uh, whatever, uh, then then happy days. You know, he, he, he can leave in with, with my good grace and, and uh, thanks for all the stuff he's done in the last uh, few years. Yeah, I think the, the, the thing it'll boil down to, Robert, is the player. I think the player will make his decision, won't he, on where he wants to go. Um, I don't know me, me looking at it now. If I had to say, do you think he'll stay? Probably not. I think he would have signed by now, but you don't know. He might he might have other things in the fire. He might want to speak to the new coach. You, you don't know. But one thing with Christian in last season, as well as his try scoring, I think he was very vocal on the pitch. Um, <clears> I could <throat> hear him at the games. You could hear him shouting and bawling and that. And he'd come to the sideline an awful lot and take instructions off Ian Watson and pass it on to the players and that. So very experienced guy, and he's played all over the all over the world really in some some big games and. Uh, 
you know, sometimes you need that experience on the pitch, don't you? And I know you've got your, your captains there, you Lee Moss up and that, but you know, having someone like Chris and Inu there being vocal with the younger players and that and more inexperienced players, I think sometimes that's vital. So you know, I think it'd be disappointing if he goes, but like he said, he's knocking on a bit now, so and as his chance Harry's chance is gonna be limited depending on who we recruit. And he kicks goals. That might be a problem as well. That might sort of factor in the decision whether we keep him or not. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Well, yeah, well, I mean, going on about goal kicking, something that I think back to when Carl Harrison was in charge and he said, they're fantastic to have, but you can't carry a goal kicker. Mm. You can't just have a player in your team because he kicks goals. You know, them, them days have gone where maybe a Fran Botticker or someone like that could, you know, could fit in on the wing for Wigan because they, they had nothing that, you know, they, they were going to beat teams anyway. Um, and, and you have to, you know, maybe you have to sign away somebody who can do both jobs or whatever. But I like to say, I'd like to see him stay. I think he's, he's another one that seems like a, a good character as well, a good guy around, uh, and his experience would be be fantastic. But we 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 do work on a budget, and you know, game time as well for him is going to be important at his age. So. It'd be interesting to see what happens, but I, like like Paul says, I think it's, I think it's up to the player and his agent now. Yeah, interesting times uh, ahead. Um, other other bits of news: club have been asking for for responses. Uh, Paul, um, they're looking for somebody to be the voice the voice of of Salford Red Devils. So when someone rings the club, um, for example, your voice would be would be the the first thing that they hear. Um, I think it's great. I think, obviously, getting the fans sort of involved in that um, gives you that sense of belonging. I think, obviously, being a community club, it's great that fans have the opportunity to be that voice. Yeah, you need someone with a good good accent, don't you, for that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think, I think it's a great idea. Um, like you said, gets fans involved. And, um, and yeah, fancy being... Uh, it's normally like... Um, Computers now that do all that sort of answer answer phones and all that, don't they? Computer generated voices. So yeah, it'd be nice to get somebody on there with a nice uh, Salford accent to. Uh... Do I want to hear my voice being the first uh, first voice of, of Salford Red Devils? Uh, well, it, it's funny you say that. I, I was told uh, very recently um, by somebody who listened to the, the podcast. Um, I sound so Salford. Yeah. Which, is, which is quite good because I spent the last, what, nearly 44 years yeah. <laughs> living here because I was born here. That's the thing. I, I don't know what else I'm supposed to sound like. Um, I, yeah, I mean, some some accents are certainly um, made for that kind of job, aren't they? I'm not sure. And I, our kid, welcome to Salford. You know, he's, he's going to work mm. um, in enticing sponsors and so on. Uh, but I, I don't know. If he's going to be a fan, then they're, they're probably going to sound a bit like me. You know, unless it's female, and then maybe not. You know, and a couple of boxes higher. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to do. It's like Paul says, but it's usually something that's just automated. Mm. You know, your your call is important to us. I get that when I phone the GP. Never mind anything else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be a good voice for that. That represents. I don't know. Is Robert Powell doing anything these days? I'm not, I'm not sure he could do with a bit of voice over work, perhaps. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good thing today. It'd be interesting to see who's actually. I don't, I don't know anybody who's actually put their their voice forward, if you like. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. But it's a, it's a good thing, isn't it? Like you say, community club get people involved. Why why give somebody else, you know, a little bit of a 
not fame and fortune, but you probably have to pay, you know, a private company to, to come up with this kind of thing. Well, give give a fan a chance. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so contact the club if if you if you think you've got the you're the voice of, of Salford Red Devils, um, and you know that they'll pick a you'll become immortalised basically uh, in the club, which is which is fantastic. Other things that the club are asking for, uh, they've they've uh, are trying to organise a Q and A uh, with uh, Richard Marshall uh, and asking fans to uh, to ask questions. Um, looking at a couple of Twitter replies, sort of made me me chuckle. Uh, Matthew O'Keefe, he said he wants the opinions of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre, which made me <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> so I don't think uh, I don't Very think Richard Marshall had much, uh, much uh, to say about that, Paul. Bit of Alan Partridge, love it. Ah, yeah, I was going to say Alan Partridge, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, ask, don't ask him about the uh, access to Dixon's, whatever you do. Um, yeah. Well, then that got me thinking. Uh, about about if you could ask an off the wall question to our new coach Richard Marshall um, Parker, what would it be? An off the wall question. Yeah. Wow, that's. Uh... Well, look, I'll give you. I'll give you a minute because I've got one that I would ask him. Okay. So give you a minute to think about it. My question would be: You've got a bacon bam in front of you, Richard. Is it red sauce, brown sauce? Or no sauce at all? Or both? Or both? Or mayo? <laughs> That's, uh, that'd be my question to, 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 our, to our red coach. Um, Paula, have you, uh, have you got one? Uh, well, see if you're sticking with Alan Partridge's theme, but have you ever been nicked for uh, traffic cone theft, Richard Marshall? <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Would you ask somebody you don't know? A bit of a random question. Um. Yeah, tough one, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it'd be it'd have to be kind of rugby league related as well in some way. You know, I mean, I'm not sure where Richard's actually from. I know he's from our side of the Pennines, but Warrington lad, I think. Is he from Warrington? So I suppose I'd ask him a question about you know, I don't know who do you dislike more, Witness or Saint Helens or something like that. You know, some random. I don't know. He obviously he couldn't say Saint at the moment, but or Wiganers or something like that. You know. Something completely irrelevant. Or what's the oddest thing about working in Yorkshire? Something strange like that, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about that. But you do get some strange questions, though, don't you? In, in interviews and you think, why did he ask him that? Yeah. Um, yeah. God, I don't know. I'd need more time than that. I'm on the spot there. To, to, be, uh, to be fair, though, the, the odd questions, you, you, what it is sometimes, the, you can only ask so many questions. And if you're not the first sort of, couple of people in the in the list to ask a question to somebody mm. they don't like duplicate questions so you have to think of another question that they've not asked yet so then you get the odd sort of strange question that you can t- you like you're, you're making it up on the fly you're thinking what mm. can i ask him now because someone else has already asked my question so that might that might come into it uh, but it will be interesting um i'm sure our fans have got lots of lots of questions to ask him about players and, and his vision and it's going to be interesting i'll be tuning into to red devils tv uh, paul f- for that yeah certainly certainly i'm looking forward to, to to that and yeah not so much the the sort of uh, mediocre questions the the rugby league ones uh, i suppose and what made him apply for the job and you know what he knows about Salford. Does he know a lot about us, or is he coming in? You know, as a bit of an outsider. So we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty sure he will. I'm pretty sure he's done his homework on us, and he'll know the history of the club and things like that. But sometimes he don't. I remember talking to 
to wattle a couple of times about things and that, and they're not always aware, you know, coaches of, of history and, and things that have gone on before. So, no, it'll be interesting to see that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, other news. Um, Greg Burke, he signed a two-year deal. Um, fantastic. I've got a clip um, from the club's uh, sort of video to announce it. So that was very funny, uh, that uh, Parker uh, banging the drum uh, and uh, playing the guitar to Dirty Old Town. Great humour and a great way to announce the, the signing. Yeah, I, I know um, on, his, was it, on his Instagram account, uh, he... Uh, Posted something, I think after we won the semi final, I think that was something to do with Dirty Old Town, uh, which took us all aback because obviously he's not a salted lad. I mean, what you know, why, why would it have any relevance to him? Well, obviously, he obviously gets the culture. And another player, when, when we signed Greg Burke, it was kind of a what you know, he's been all over, he's not he's been at witness now, he's 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 gone. And another player that obviously Watson spotted and got the best out of, but he's a, he's another character. Another a, a real character around the club, and you need these players. And when he plays, he's as solid as anyone. He isn't spectacular. He's you know he's not going to catch anyone's eye most of the time for man of the match. But you give him the ball, and he won't let you down. Uh, and you, every team needs players like that. You know, going back through history, you look at, at all the great teams. They've had they've had a bit of a, not a quiet man as such, but a player who, who just comes on and does his business. And you think if you're when you see him as it. Like I, many a time I've watched like Wakefield or someone, I've looked at the players on the bench and gone, God, is he still there? Been there forever. What's he ever done? And yet you speak to the people of that club and they absolutely adore him for everything they do. You know, and Greg's one of them. I, I'm, I'm a big fan there. I think he's, I think he puts the work in and, and he's another player that gets left out of the squad, but somehow always pulls his way back in. And uh, yeah, great news, keeping all them again, continuity, another, another player hanging about the club. Yeah, Andy Acker's the star of the star of the video, uh, though Paul with his with his drum uh, being. It's great, obviously. The club are, are using kind of humour uh, to 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 sort of get our message out because I think if you want to try to attract people outside your bubble, you've got to either show, it's got to be either dramatic to people to keep, get people get people to keep watching what you're producing, or it's got to be funny. Uh, and yeah, I think it's got, the club it's got did the edge, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's got to be edgy, and I think a lot of the stuff we're doing has been, hasn't it? And, mm. uh, a lot of other clubs do stuff on social media, don't they, that you see, and you think, wow, yeah, you know, it gets people talking, doesn't it? And just go, going back to what Pag said, I think Greg Burke's been a, been a good signing. You know, uh, when he came, I heard people say, at the time when we signed Ed Chamberlain and, and Greg Burke, you know, I don't think much of these two. And Well, we heard that when we signed Chris Wellen, didn't we? People sort of slagged them off and... No, I was a bit sceptical over Greg Burke. I'd seen him play for Widnes and seen him play for Old Car. wasn't overly impressed with him. But since he came to Salford, I think he's done really well. He's looked fitter than ever. You know, I think people have said that about the weight he's lost and the way he carries himself now. He's, he's done really well. And just touching on Andy Acker's area, you mentioned, I mean, I know we've lost Joey Lussett for next season, but no disrespect to Joey Lussett, but I actually thought that uh, Andy Acker's was the better hooker last season for me. I thought when he came on, he was tremendous. You know, his, his speed from round the rook, I think he's going to be a really good signing for us. I don't think we saw the best of him because he didn't get like a long run in the side, did he? Because he only sort of came in halfway through the season. But with the full pre-season under his belt, I think you're looking at one of the best hookers in Super League there in Andy Because I think he, he's he got the potential to international rugby league him. I think he's a, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. Going to be uh, super exciting uh, to see what the club produce next uh, with, the, with the signings to come. Uh, other news: Kevin Brown's testimonial shirt is out. Um, it's very, it's very jazzy. 
Uh, have you have you seen it, um, Paul? No, I haven't actually. It's kind but... of red, but it's got kind of kind of rip marks on the side for the different teams that he's played for. Um, it's not for me. It's not the stereotypical uh, sort of rugby shirt, but it's it's certainly eye catching. Yeah, I've seen the Lee Mossop one. That that's good. I've seen that. I think I have seen the Kevin Brown one. Now you mention it, it has got the the colours of the clubs he's played for: Oldersfield, Warrington, yeah, uh, Witness. I have, I have, I've, I vaguely remember seeing something. Yeah, so yeah, very, very good. Yeah, and and deserves a testimony as well. He's been a great servant to rugby league, hasn't he? I heard an interview with, um, I think it was Adrian Lamp, and he was saying about when he played for Wigan in two thousand and two. I think it was two thousand and three. He was coming through then, Kevin Brown. And the same sort of time Sean O'Loughlin come through, I think that was 2002. So, you know, he must be around playing top flight rugby league for sort of 17, 18 years. It's, it's no mean feat, that. I mean, if you top up the amount of games he's played, I mean, it's probably tremendous. So, yeah, thoroughly deserves his testimonial. And uh, as does Lee Mossop as well, another stalwart of, uh, of rugby league. Yeah, uh, 50% of, of sales um, will go to State of Mind. And you can get it uh, on his website, which is Kevin Brown. Yeah. Uh, testimonial at no kevindrowntestimonial.co.uk um, so that'll be fantastic hopefully a lot of people will uh, go on by that Parker yeah I just want to echo what, what uh, Paul's just said by the way about, about Kevin Brown and his career and he, you know I remember when he came on the scene and he was him I think Luke Robinson was with him at all at the time I think first time I think I saw him play they were playing away at Novesley Road against Saints and you're thinking wow and he, he just looked so unlike a rugby league player, and yet you look at the career he's had. What, what he's he's been brilliant everywhere he's been. People will always want to have a pop at him, and I, I think he's been underrated at times as to how good and how influential he is to a team. Um, I know what talked talked him up at the back end of last season about you know obviously playing through the injuries and that kind of thing. Um, but to stick it out as a halfback for, for that long, you know the knocks they take because obviously they're targeted, aren't they? Simple as that. Certainly in defence. You know, everyone wants to run over the the smaller players, but he stood up to. He's been he, he's been really good everywhere he's gone. I mean, he's been at. Let's be honest, he's been at plenty of clubs, um, but he's always he's always shone and he's always really you know been a true professional. And one thing I will say, when I heard him on Sky, and I think he's been on on the BBC as well, when he talks, he talks sense. He, he's a, he's knowledge of rugby league. He's phenomenal. Uh, a proper sort of rugby league bloke, and uh, yeah, fully deserved his testimonial. Uh, and probably way past deserved, really. Yeah, and you can get the the shirt kevinbrowntestimonial.co.uk is the website. Other news: um, new badge. The new badge has has, has come on, uh, come on the scene since our our last podcast. Um, Paul, the creator is Andy Roberts. I spoke to him uh, on a previous podcast about his his design and and, and what. Uh, his vision was. Um, I'm I'm happy with it. I have to say, I think he, he did a great he did, did a great job. Um, if, if obviously a lot of people aren't aren't quite happy about it, um, but I I I personally think it's a good one. Um, yeah, I think if you're not happy about it, you blimey, you need to have a look at what's going on around you. Sometimes <laughs> there's a lot more to worry about in my life than a, than a badge. So it don't really bother me, but I think it's okay. I've, I've no problem with it at all. Um, looks good on the stadium now. I've seen the merchandise and the, yeah. and the new shirt and things like that. And I've got no axe to grind against it. I mean, I'm not one of them people, me, that go on about shirts and, and this, that and the other. I'm a bit old school. I never really buy a shirt. I just roll up at the games and watch the game and the team could play in bloody 
pink or whatever for me, as long as they play well and and they, and they put 100% in, I'm not bothered what they're playing. So, but yeah, I think it's okay. Um, I think it's good. I think he's done a good job of it. And you know, the the guy you spoke to, that Andy, he must be decent. He's he does like marketing for his job, doesn't he, and brands and things like that. So he, he's not he's an expert at what he does. So uh, so yeah, it looks okay. And I think the shirt looks great. I think the shirt looks really good. Uh, what, what do you think, Packy? Obviously, do you, do you think it's good? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the badge. I'll be honest. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Again, I'm, I'm. I've said it before. I'm, a, you know, an old traditionalist, a bit stuck in the mud. And people are going to say, "Well, what's not traditional about Salford down the Red Devil? Nothing." Um, and, and a Red Devil is absolutely fine, and as it should be. And I've got no problem with that. I think the design itself is a little Americanized for me, perhaps. Um, but there's no reason why we, we couldn't have two, in terms of a club badge and and you know. Because this, this, this is based on going out to, to sort of marketing and media and, and, and a wider public. But I, I'd like something more traditional on the kit, personally. I thought I thought the last badge, I, I had no problem with it. It, it didn't just show South Rugby League. It, it was about the city. It, you know, it had obviously the willow tree on it for, for the willows. It had the bees on it, representing the industry of the city and that kind of I thought that was a, a good thing to have. You know, it encompassed everything. Whereas now we've gone back to being a club. You know, we're Red Devils and that's it. That's who we are. Um, the badge itself, like I say, I'm not, not a huge fan of it. I think um, I think there, there are more you can do with it. But this guy, Andy, as you say, if this is his job, he knows better than I. I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, an old stick in the mud. Um, but, uh, you know, when it goes to Devils, I mean, the one we had in the late 80s, you know, with the, the goalpost was, was a magnificent design, even even back then. Uh, no reason we couldn't have gone back to something similar to that, or or the one in you know sort of side on the old the old red devil that way is a personal favourite. But it's their own. A lot of people have said how much they like it. You know, maybe a, a younger generation, if you like, um, will will go for that. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. I'm you know I'm probably just out of touch. But uh, it's not it's not my cup of tea. But I, I'd like to have seen a more traditional badge for. You know, to be put on on the kit or something. I mean, I, I not liking that badge. It, it makes me a bad supporter, I believe, um, <laughs> in many ways. But also the fact that I don't like it on the merchandise because I I don't like. Do you know what I mean? I've got to. I'm wearing that, and I want to feel comfortable. In, you know, someone looking at something, going, "All oh, right, I like that," or whatever. You know, and I, the people at my circle, the people within my immediate circle, and and, and friends that I drink with, and so on. And overly, uh, and overly keen on the badge. Um, I just don't think it looks. I don't think it looks good on merchandise. When it's going out there to the wider public, then you know maybe that's that's the way it works these days in, in marketing. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the uh, you know I'm just an old stick in the mud, and it, it's not it's not me. But then it's probably not aimed at me. You know, I'm already going. What 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 does it matter? You know, like Paul said, I mean. I wouldn't be going if they played change colour. By the way, Paul, you mentioned pink there. I think I think we better stick to red. That's that's going to be ideal. Um, but the, the badge itself, he says soft and it's got red devils on it. It'll do for me. You know, my big big outcry a few years ago was when we, we removed the red devil off it, and then there was a season or so where we didn't even have Salford on the badge. I mean, come on, that's that's the easiest part. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those contentions. You have to do or you don't. You know, in my mind, isn't it? Uh, and every year something new is going to come out. Someone's going, oh, I like that, but I don't. Uh, and when it comes to the, the kit itself, it's okay. 
he, I will say it's better than last year's. That that's uh, I've nailed my colours to the mast on that one. Um, uh, a little bit too much going on. I'm not again because I'm an old traditionalist. I just have a red and white shirt. You know, I don't, I don't think you need so much black on it. I don't know when that you know that started creeping in the in probably eighties early nineties. I don't really know where that came from as such. I know originally you know the colours were black, amber, and red. If you don't want to go back that far, you know, so maybe there's a, I don't know, an arcing back to that, but um, it's not bad. It looks a bit more like a football shirt than a rugby shirt, but then I suppose these days they are morphing to one, and um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not too bad. And again, like Paul said, it's, it's not aimed at me. I, I'm probably not going to buy a, a replica shirt anyway. Um, it's just not something I do. You know, I, I do prefer the older ones, but uh, overall, you know, the club can do what they can do. They've obviously took advice from outside. Uh, a guy who's a professional in the job when it comes to the badge, and, and now it's changed on the stadium as well, which is great news. That at least now we all match up, um, and we move on. Yeah, the, the the shirt is important for the club, uh, Paul. It generates uh, income. You know, people go out and buy it at Christmas, and you know, I I, I like it. I think I think it's a, sort of a nice shirt, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of a uh, lot of orders for Santa uh, for Christmas. Yeah, I didn't mind it. When I first saw it, it looked a bit like a, a jockey's shirt, really, didn't it? You know, an horse racing shirt uh, with, with them stripes on it. But I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit traditional like that. I mean, sometimes I think, we're well, just playing like a red shirt with a with a white S on and just have done with it. But because I think people love the retro stuff, don't they? But they never, mm. I don't know, I always think they never seem to give the supporters what they want. Everyone will be moaning saying, oh, we wanted this and you give us that. And I always think, well, why don't they listen to it in the first place and doing what they wanted? But like Pag said, perhaps it's not aimed at us who are already going. Perhaps it's aimed at, at new people. Because just going back to the badge, I mean, I know you were saying there about perhaps having two badges. The, the badge that they wore, they had blazers in 69 for the cup final. And that badge, mm. I've got one on the jumper in my drawer there. Yeah. It's like the club crest. Beautiful badge that. Um, when I first started going to Salford, my dad got me a mug and it had that badge on and it had the two stick devils, which I've got on my tattoo on, on both sides of the mug. And I broke it. I had it for years and years and years, about 20 years. And it, it broke when it came out of the dishwasher. But that badge, you know the one I'm talking about, don't you? That's the, yeah. the, the club crest. That. Why not bring that back for, I don't know, for, for the shirt, perhaps, or I don't, I don't know if you could have both on the shirt. I'm not too sure. I've seen. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen that in the past. Where was it? Castleford. They had two badges on. They had the new badge and the club Lee. crest on as well. Lee, oh, was it Lee? Sorry, yeah, Lee yeah. did it. Yeah, they had the did, town you know. crest and, and then yeah. the, the actual centurion. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, maybe that's an idea for next season. But who are we to say we're not designers? Are we? No. We're just we're just Definitely traditionalists, not. as they say. Well, I've, I've got to say, but I think it gives us an identity, and you know. I, the, the shield, you know, like one, it, it's it's good, but you're not going to be able to reach out to to people outside our bubble with with a shield. You need a character to 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 be able to 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 be animated, like on the Super League show. You have the different sort of clubs with giants running around on the on the field, and and we'll have a, a giant devil now. And and I think us having this sort of devil. Uh, badge is, is a is a good thing, sort of moving forward. And you know, like you said, people won't 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 particularly like it. Some will love it, and and it's a it's a tough gig. Um, and and I suppose that's the that's the way it is uh, with with that kind of thing. I'm sure we'll all everyone will grow to love it in the end. Um, especially because it's on the side of the stadium now, because because that's a, a thing that it, it sort of irked a lot of people that the the badge was about for 
year you know, four badges old, I think, by by the time they changed it. Um but yeah, people have different sort of memories of, of badges. Uh to early two was it two thousand was sort of a naked sort of devil with one leg. You know, you know, you could go and you could go back, couldn't you, and, and go through all the different kind of badges and, and look at the the negatives and and the positive. But I, I like this one, uh, and I'm sure you know fans will uh, fans will stay on board. The, the, only, the only thing I will add actually is it, it seems to happen a lot with Salford that we change a badge, and I know the kits get changed every year, and that's you know, money. It's a great you know way of the club making money, and everybody does the same. That's that's just part and parcel of sport. The the badge itself. It is an identity, but if you don't stick with it for more than a year or two, mm. it's never going to it's never going to become an identity. And I don't know why, why we felt the need to change it now after the last two years of success. That badge has become part of what we are. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we decided that. we don't like that. We need to change it, and we've changed it. We've not just changed it or tweaked it. We've just completely scrapped the last one, mm. which you know many people have gone out and had tattoos done and so on, um, which is another you know another thing, but. There's no consultation. There was no kind of, do we think this is right? Or, you know, is there, does anyone have suggestions or anything? And, and the other thing going on about the kit, and I'm not, I don't want to have a pop at the club. They're doing a great job on, on limited resources. But we've seen the home shirt. Where's the away one? When's that coming out? Why can we not get them together with the rest of the merchandise? Get it out at the start of December. Make a fortune for Christmas when the club really needs the money. You know, people might be holding off now going, I'm not really keen on the home one. I'll wait to see the away one and I'll get that. And then if that was out for for Christmas, then either way you're hitting the full market. I think at the moment we're missing a trick and we seem Mm. to do it every year. You know what I think, Parky? I think they do it that way because it's like a wave in it. You get the home shirt comes out, everyone goes and buys it, right? And then the club will probably sort of announce the, the away shirt probably, we'll say, January. February time, won't they? Just for the season, which gives you the set the second wave of of people, you know, buying it and putting money into into the club. But I think that's probably why they do two separate launches rather than just the one. Because if you do it as one, you'll get one big wave of money, but then sort of nothing after. Yeah, I can get that. I just I just think there's a limited budget, especially this this year with people's jobs on the line and everything that goes with it. You know, I think. It's a choice that people are going to make. They may just buy the one, you know, for the kids or whatever, and they just have to. You can't have them both this year or, or whatever. Just, just, just get them out there. I don't. I think we might just be missing out a little bit because people are going to spend money this year or in the next few months. It's going to be this Christmas, and that's it. I think you know, starting this year, there's going to be a lot of tightening the belts, and I don't know. I just I, that's the way I see it personally. But you know, again, I'm probably wrong. Other other things happening. Um, to help the club. Paul, season tickets uh, are on sale. Direct debit options are now available. Um, really good service at, at the at the club. Um, I'd speak to Sonia about a, um, a direct debit season ticket option for, for, a, for a fan that I know and, and got response you know the response came quick and and it was good so a lot of people you know wanting to get involved in getting a, a direct debit season ticket. Uh, I'm sure they'll be they'll be making the a run down to the, well, over the phone, probably into the stadium or online to, to get one. Yeah, definitely. I thought, you know, judging by my experience, I thought it was great. I mean, I got mine. When did I get mine now? Um, I renewed mine about a month or so ago now. It's a, few, it's a fair few weeks ago because I was working in Salford when I did it. 
Um, I've not been down there for a few weeks, so about a month or so ago, and, and they got back to me straight away. Sonia phoned me back and, and did it straight away, so I didn't have to wait on hold. Um, I just emailed her and she said, I'll, I'll call you when's a good time. And she just phoned me in between my jobs and I sorted it out then. So can't ask for fairer than that. So it was, it was brilliant. That. Uh, just one more thing on the badges. Go back to the badges. I was thinking before, you know, football teams never change theirs, do they? That yeah. was very yeah. badly. And that was something was, I thought about. Yeah, it's and then you were saying image right, images and so on. You know, the biggest club in, in, in world football, probably in Manchester United, yeah. last time they changed their badge. Yeah, that's what I thought. And you you're talking about to... like um, graphics on the Super League show and all that. It's got to be jazzy and all that. But football teams don't, do they? They still no. have their sort of very, very, very rarely. One, once every 10, 15, 20 years, maybe. Um, we uh, tend to do it every single year. I know Man City used to have a badge. Sort of late 80s, early 90s. I used yeah, to a bit. And around... they, they changed it in the late 90s. And I think they've gone back now to the badge that they had. Back then, yeah. that round one with the boat, and I think they've gone back yeah. to that now, haven't they? So they've changed it, what, twice or so? Yeah, but very few. I mean, especially the I mean, the bigger clubs rarely, rarely change it. And I know you could you can say, well, everybody knows who they are, but I don't know. It, it, you know, these brands are the ones at, that know all about marketing, you know. Yeah, if Nike, you look at... Nike and McDonald's don't change theirs. Adidas don't change no, theirs. No. I think if you look at a, a football badge as well, I mean, when I think of football badges, I always think of... Um, Stickers, Merlin yeah. sticker books, and they're on yeah, like a yeah, shiny back, on a shiny background, a shiny. And I always think of them when I, I can look at them now. You have to put the team's name on. You could show me twenty badges now, and I probably better tell you who they are because they're just dead traditional, aren't they? They never ever change. They're like that yeah. Everton one and Villa's one with prepared underneath it, whatever it said. And I don't know if you've got Scotland Rangers, Celtic. You, you just know who they are, don't you, Aberdeen? Yeah. You know who the badges are. Yeah, I think it's it's something that's going to have to be. But if you're going to go with, with, with a badge, I know we spent a long time on this now, but if you're going to stick with it, you go with that. You've got to stick with it. Yeah. Don't just give it two years and change it like we have done. I mean, how many, seriously, since, say, if you take it back to 2010, you know, in 10 years, we've probably had four badges at least. Yeah. That's, that's just not on. And I know it's different owners and, you know, different people doing different things, but let's let's just stick to one. Yeah, talk about Maybe this is it now. teams that change badges. United changed theirs in 1998, took football club off it um, and just put Manchester United on it. Um, City have changed theirs quite a bit, haven't they, in, the, in sort of the recent recent years. And yeah, I think I think it's just a matter of us keeping it, keeping this one and letting it letting it sort of build for me. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, talking about just season tickets as well, just before. When we finish, um, lots of people obviously watching our sort of uh, Challenge Cup um, exploits and our grand final exploits. Um, talking about our tendencies, obviously we don't really know what's going to be like in in sort of March. Boris has talked about you know hopefully getting fans back in. What, what would be a, a sort of a, an expected attendance? Obviously, if the there's no restrictions at that point. Um, Parky, what what would you be looking at as a as a as a you know a big crowd for Salford come the start of the season if we're all allowed back in a big a big crowd? Mm. All right, yeah, just the standard season ticket. So you buy so many season tickets, you know what would what would be the you know the the the, the size of crowd? Do you think? Oh yeah, you know the uh, the grand final appearance and the Challenge Cup final appearance has certainly boosted our numbers. A good start, Rob. Do you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think the other thing is that 
you've got to look at is who you play, hmm. how attractive the opposition is and how many fans they're going to bring kind of thing, you know. Uh, I, I think we generally get stitched up the first couple of games sometimes. Um, I think we got, I know we got Toronto, was that our first home game, our second home game this year? I mean, it doesn't really float the boat of, of passing fans in terms of, you know, there's no atmosphere really. Um, but for me, I think we, we five, I mean, 5,000 would be fantastic as it is at the moment. That, mm. uh, that for me would show progress. Yeah, a big, a big crowd at the moment for Salford, something like six thousand. Hmm. Now, back at the Willows, you know, a big crowd was eight thousand. These people don't. The, the move to the, the, the new ground obviously did a lot against that. I believe I, I really do, but um, I, I don't know. Is our biggest crowd there still six and a half thousand or something that we've had at that stadium? Five fifty. Was the average highest attendance? That was in two thousand and twelve. That, that for me would be a sign of progress, Hmm. a big sign of progress. If we could get that as an average next season, that'd be great. But again, people people aren't mugs. People come and they want to watch you win. They're not all like they're not idiots like us who just turn up anyway. Whether we're playing, you know, Blackpool Borough or you know Brisbane Broncos. we're going to be there. The passing public, the ones that you need to pull in, they want success. They want to be associated with success. They want to watch the team win. If you don't want to stand there and watch you get a 40 nil drubbing, that's that, not going to entice anybody back. And we've had that in the past where we've got good crowds and then we've got a few hammerings. Even start of this season, I think we lost in the the first five or six. That build-up from the last season's grand final went straight away. That bubble burst. That, that can't happen. If we'd have built on that, if we'd have won Three out of the first six, we might have, you know, carried on a little bit. Obviously, COVID came in and wiped the whole thing out. But there's a whole combination of things that have to happen. It's like a perfect storm, if you like. Um, but we just don't we don't get them crowds anymore. Uh, you used to get, you know, if you got Wigan in the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup of the Willows, it'd be packed, it'd be, it'd be full. And I don't just mean that one-off where, you know, there was 10,000 and whatever there. I remember when the, the old the terrace near the North Stand was out of commission for a few years. So they limited the capacity to 8,000. And three or four times we got that 8,000. We filled the place in, in just odd games. Um, and that, that doesn't happen anymore. And I don't, I don't have the answers why, but I think if we could average five, five and a half thousand this season, I, I would be happy with that as progress. Yeah. Um, before COVID struck, we were averaging 4,260. Um, so obviously, it's kind of sort of 500 up on last year so you'd hope if we get a similar kind of bounce uh, for our Challenge Cup um, appearance you'd be looking at five which is which is good for me Paul, it's, it's good progress being made and if we can keep achieving and keep moving forward and keep adding 500, 750 on to the, the average attendance every year then then that would be great Yeah, well we, we had that opportunity last season didn't we? we played Salem's away for this game and we got four home games and we lost three of them Mm. I think we, we we played we beat Toronto, didn't we? We lost Huddersfield, uh, Leeds beat us. Wakefield, I think, beat us. Wakefield beat us as well. Yeah, and it, we were pretty poor performances, weren't they? But yeah. I think looking forward to this season, I'd I'd be happy with five thousand every week. But I tell you one thing, we won't get an home game first game. Our first game is nailed on 
Friday night, Sky Television, Uddersfield away. I tell you yeah. that now. Yeah. There's no I, way I, Sky I, Sports are not going to have that. They're going to want us away at Uddersfield. So that'll be the first. That'll be the first game of the season. So we'll have to wait and see. Boris permitting, um, we'll yeah. be happy with five. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Great chat talking about Richard Marshall and everything going on in the in the in the world of Sulfur Devils, uh, Parker. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it, lads. Um, yeah, we, I think we could probably carry on for another hour, but yeah. uh, I think people probably need to go to sleep or whatever once they've listened to it. So, uh, yeah, no, been brilliant. Great chatting to you both. Been a while, so uh, hopefully we can uh, we can speak again soon. Yeah, it's been a great show, uh, Paul, and uh, it's good to get back on the arse after a couple of weeks off. Yeah, certainly is, Rob. Yeah, missed you last couple of weeks, mate. So uh, glad we're back into it now and uh, good luck with the baby and everything. And uh, I hope we get uh, some 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 sleep soon, soon rather than later. And uh, you seem to be an expert with your, with your bottle feeding and what have you. Now we could hear you doing <laughs> your bottles and that before. So, uh, so good on you, mate. And yeah, looking forward to next week's show. Called multitasking. I'm doing a podcast. I'm changing and making bottles. There's no end to my talent, honestly. Making the magic happen. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Paul. Big thanks to you this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Brian Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. See you next week.